0: Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with comic Caitlin Cook. Caitlin Cook, how the hell are you?
1: I'm very good right now. I'm sitting okay. on my couch with a puppy and just enjoying a nice Saturday.
0: Well, you come as advertised because on Instagram, I see that you have that puppy there. Yeah. What is that breed of puppy?
1: Uh, it's a Chavacan. It's not my puppy. I'm puppy sitting for a friend, but it's a... What it's the a
0: fuck puppy. is a Chavacan? It's,
1: it's, it's a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel mixed with a Bichon freeze. Oh. Uh,
0: yeah. That's adorable. That's- and so you, did you do comedy product with this Ch- Chavacan?
1: Um, yeah, I did a couple of videos where I was like trying to play piano with this dog on my lap.
0: <laughs> and so the owner, the owners are cool with you, uh, making the, making their Chavacan into an internet star. Yes, they are. <laughs> okay, cool. And it sounds like this is where you I mean, it looks like this is where you live in comedy because, on uh, and Caitlin Cook, I follow Caitlin Cook. Her Twitter handle is, I think, the Caitlin Cook as well as that's you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that's what you're churning out what musical comedy you have a guitar you play and you sing and i love it because do you caption every lyric
1: um i try and caption every lyric and um, it takes
0: for it takes forever
1: yeah it's a in the butt. my time but <laughs> i also like i found that the videos i don't caption do not get as much views or response and i'm not uh-huh. sure if that's just like people enjoy reading the lyrics or I have a list, so sometimes I might be hard to understand when I'm singing, um, I'm not sure, but yeah, I I take the time now to caption every video. Wow,
0: well, it sounds like it's worth it because you have about 3000 followers on Instagram. So, I mean, if it's going to increase the percentage of engagement, it's probably worth it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: And so, yeah, what are some, I'm looking at some of these um, Instagram live clips, and I guess with Instagram live, they can be longer, right? It's like Instagram will host it if you pay a little bit because they can be long. They don't have to be a minute or less.
1: Yeah. So I try and make most of my videos almost exactly a minute because TikTok has a limit of 59 seconds, but I want my videos on Instagram to be on IGTV.
0: So why is that? So, I mean, if, if you could do it for free with a minute or less, why would you pay to get on IGTV?
1: I, it's not you don't have to pay it's free really yeah holy shit yeah
0: yes I yeah I'm totally misinformed somebody told me a long time ago that that's what that was because it could be a longer video it could be up to like 60 minutes or some shit like that's why you would have to pay for it but if it's totally free that sounds cool and why would you prefer IGTV r- rather than just a regular post on your feed that was not IGTV
1: um, because with IGTV I'm able to sort them into different series which is almost like a playlist on YouTube Oh. So I'm able to sort of sort out my songs depending on like what subject it is. Or like I do the same kind of song every Monday, which is like a mostly it's a, my Monday morning upbeat, but still mostly bad news song. So it's like the <laughs> news of the week. Yeah, um, well, let, me set you, let me set you up on
0: some of those. What's a short term love song? Um,
1: yeah, so the short term love song is a new idea that I'm working on. And this is what's really cool about putting this stuff out there online is... It's an idea that I had um, based on like kind of how I acted when I was younger, it, that I would just get infatuated with people and like just <laughs> in love with them, and then it, it would like something would happen where they would like get a stupid haircut or like mean <laughs> the CrossFit or something, and I would just lose all interest.
0: That's uh, funny.
1: And so when, I when, to,
0: when did when did that me? last till? When did that last till in your life? And how how did you figure out that that was not the way to go?
1: Um, I think that was really only through my teens. Okay. Um, by the time I like, was in college and became an adult, I stopped feeling that way. But I, I think it was just like I didn't really know what love was. I was such like a young little romantic. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then you lost that. You lost the romantic uh, bent. Yes. <laughs> and, just let what, and, and at what point does somebody who's a hopeless romantic turn into just a cynical realist? Is it just <laughs> too much disappointment in the dating market you know, while you're in high school and college?
1: I don't know. I mean, I just had, I, I have a little bit about this in my show, but I, when I was not to get too dark on you, but when I was 17, <laughs> I got into like a, a pretty traumatic car accident. And, um, I was at the time I was like going to meet this boy for a date. We had just started dating and he ended up being like a huge support system during that time. And that's like when I first fell in love for, for real for the first time. And I was like, uh-huh. Oh, all crushes that I had were just kind of made up in my head.
0: Oh, well, that's cool. That's kind of a nice way to get kind of the romance kicked out of you. You know, actually figuring out that
1: yeah. your definition
0: of romance was kind of wrong. And yeah. you found out what, what love really can be. Well, that's how uh, that's adorable. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> other than the other than the car accident. I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, what, what's your what's your unique take on mansplaining? I'm just here. I'm looking at your, your I'm so glad that you uh, you put the text in there because I'm just going to set you right up. Like yeah. y- 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 the Caitlin Cook take on mansplaining is...
1: Um, that I don't like the word mansplaining. I think it should be called dick-splaining because it rhymes better with explaining and then and that the men that mansplain are dicks. So, uh, yeah.
0: And I'm, 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 I'm almost thinking, and this might be uh, Dancing on the Razors Edge here, that uh, trans people could have certain issues with that because I suppose even women can have penises at this point.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's- why I also suggest in the song that patronizing is a better term because it comes from the same root as patriarchy
0: oh, okay all so, right cool yeah, yeah I hope I didn't just mansplain there but I'm whole in the, in the whole JK Rowling thing and I'm like
1: oh my god I don't I know definitely. if yeah
0: yeah I read that essay and I'm like I, I don't know if this is problematic or not but patronizing is good okay and it says keep fighting here what the hell is that video gonna keep you know it's encouraging me to it's encouraging <laughs> me to keep fighting what?
1: let's see keep fighting Uh, that one is a monday morning upbeat but still mostly bad news song i usually end it with keep fighting uh just because i presented everybody with such terrible news of the week
0: (laughs) (laughs) dude i love that in the seventh grade and is that talking with your is that talking about the infatuations you used to have
1: um where is the in the seventh grade one
0: I'm all just looking at the Caitlin Cook, and I'm, right now I'm up to maybe row five or six.
1: What what am I wearing?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, you're just wearing a, just an adorable T-shirt that says Illinois on it. I am. Oh. I, I'm from Illinois.
1: What is this song? I lived in Chicago for a couple of years. Oh, oh yeah, me too, me too. Is I'm not sure why it says in the seventh grade, but this one is about. Um, I wrote this whole song that blew up. Oh, this is what I was saying. It's so cool to put out stuff that isn't quite done on these channels because I will will just put out like a verse and a chorus and the song won't be finished. And I'll get so many interesting comments and responses that help me inform like how to write the second verse, which I Uh think is always the hardest part of writing a song because you have to basically repeat the subject of the song in a new way without being repetitive. Yeah. So, um, so that particular video um, with the Illinois T-shirt on is um, about. It's like a a song that's saying sorry to everybody named Karen that doesn't complain <laughs> to the future, <manager>, and everyone <laughs> named Kyle that's never punched through drywall or like just yeah. checked beverages. And <laughs> like it's an apology to anyone with a a name that's been co-opted by memes. <laughs> Yeah, so like, you know, what
0: is worthy of Caitlin Cook's time? Because it sounds like you can make a joke out of anything. Like, how do you know what, like, if a Karen incident comes out and she calls the police on a black man in uh, Central Park, like, you know, and everybody's doing Twitter jokes about it, like, you know, do all songs pretty much take you as long? And so you'll just, the, the minute you get an idea, you'll sit down, or you're like, man, it's already saturated out here with this Karen shit. Let me uh, try to find a new angle on it, or let me put it on the back burner.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I have like a running list in my notes on my phone of like ideas that I might want to work on, but for the most part, I just go about my day and I sit down in the late afternoon and something will spring to mind that happened earlier that day or that I've been thinking about. If it is something that's like been tweeted about nonstop or some hot hot topic, unless I have a hot take, I probably won't touch it. Oh, just okay. because everyone else has already said their piece and I don't feel like I'm Providing anything new to the conversation, unless I have like an interesting angle.
0: And so, what's your interesting angle on my favorite black comics?
1: Oh, um, so this is been... who
0: are, who are your favorite? Yeah, you know, do you exactly. actually get into your Mount Rushmore of uh, favorite black comics?
1: I get which it is doesn't... what they
0: should do when they pull down the real Mount Rushmore. They, they should put up four should. black comics.
1: <laughs> they absolutely should. So uh-huh. that's an interesting part of this quarantine is. Before I felt completely licensed to just write whatever funny shit that I wanted to because we were all stuck in quarantine and we were all going through the same thing. And since the civil rights movement has like really grown, I didn't like feel super funny at the beginning of this. Like I was really busy protesting and I just didn't feel like my little white voice (laughs) needed to be joking about, you know, people named Karen or whatever at that time. So for a couple of weeks, I was just h- trying to highlight other like black creators that were super funny or like I wrote a song about what ACAB means and like what defund the police means. And it, w- it became like more educational rather than funny, which I didn't love, but I felt like that's that was the right tone at the time. Okay. So okay. I wrote a couple songs that were like, hey, I'm not feeling really funny right now, but here are some really funny black people that you should absolutely go watch their specials or go look at their stuff.
0: Oh, good, and then are you able to name any famous ones that I might know?
1: Sure. Um, well, I just was at um, our friend Michael Che from SNL. Um, oh. he's hilarious, and he's been doing these outdoor shows in Long Island City where like the, they draw chalk everywhere, so everyone is six feet apart, little chalk circles, and everybody wears masks. And so he's been doing that. So I wanted to like highlight his stuff, plus his special is like still really prevalent. <laughs> it's called Matter yeah. Black Lives Matter. Um, Michael I,
0: Che, Ma- Michael Che Manners.
1: Michael Che matters. Uh, he's great. Um, I also just highlighted a lot of black female comics that I feel like just don't have enough recognition, which is like Joelle Nicole, Dulce Sloan, um, Janelle James. Uh, there's a ton in that song, but there, there's just some really funny black creators that I feel like, and black comics that don't get as much recognition as they should.
0: Well, good. It's nice that you are kind of um, spotlighting them with your 3000 followers. That's awesome. <laughs> And what is The Boyfriend Bomb?
1: The Boyfriend Bomb is a song about how tough it is as a woman, if someone is hitting on you, to let them know that you have a boyfriend. Because yeah. if they talk to you and they say, hey, and you say, I have a boyfriend, then you're a bitch. Yeah. And if you wait a while and talk to them until they sort of get more overt in their flirtation and then say, I have a boyfriend, then they're like, oh, you wasted two minutes of that." <laughs>
0: So so I I mean, and so how do you do that? I mean, like, what's the what's, you know, in real life, what do you think is the graceful way to do that? You just have to, I I must think, yeah, in real life, I I would almost think you just have to um, work him into a sentence rather than, you know, rather than coming out and saying, I have a boyfriend, just work him into your first couple sentences.
1: In real life, like any, any topic that they're like, do you like, oh, what, what are you drinking? Like, or anything? I'll just be like, oh, yeah, me and my boyfriend like just went to that place or like, he introduced yeah. here. I just bring him up because it's easier.
0: Oh, good, good. Well, I love that. And it's so funny. It's totally on you guys. I mean, you know, it's, you know, us men, we are truly entitled to either be snippy because you wasted two minutes or to just uh, be traumatized by your immediate rejection. So it's totally on you. And I'm glad you're figuring out a way to let us down easy.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then um, bisexual women. Tell me about, yeah, you have something that says and bisexual women. What is your, you know, what is a take on bisexual women that you're comfortable talking about here?
1: Um. Well, I I'm well. I consider myself pan, I guess, but bi is the more um, well-known term. So, I'm I'm trying to figure out what that particular song that I wrote about is.
0: Or just yeah. What can you say about bisexual women that uh, somebody like you know who's who has no experience with that needs to know?
1: Well, my go-to joke that I uh, particularly it's in it's in one of the songs on my album as well as one of these videos, but I like to say that. Uh, bisexual women should be called more or lesbians
0: <laughs> love it yeah love it and where can they get your album what's it called
1: um it's called uh zinger songwriter um
0: <laughs> i haven't heard that before that's amazing good job with yeah. that that's kind of, it's, it's totally innovative and if it hasn't done be, it hasn't been done before now it's just so cool that caitlin, caitlin cook was the first there
1: yeah I mean, I was literally gonna call it something dumb like jokes on guitar or something. And then yeah. I woke up one morning and I was like, zinger songwriter, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a fun album. It's um back when we were still touring, so I basically was on this tour and recorded every single set, um, which the was it, it was a bit of a fight to like get into the mixing booth and get like the direct audio and then get a recorder on stage to get the audience sound. but I recorded every set, and then um, I went through all my tracks, listened to all of them, which was painful, and then I basically, uh, it's 12 tracks on the album and every track is from a different venue, different and, and
0: And it's painful because, you, you know, oh, I don't like how I did that joke, my timing was off, my voice yeah. was a little substandard.
1: Yeah, I mean, no one likes to listen to themselves. Uh, you, your voice doesn't really sound like yourself, listening to it i've gotten better at it now that i'm subtitling all my stuff every day but um (laughs) yeah sometimes you you listen to yourself in hindsight you're like why did i phrase that that way or like what what was this big pause or like why am i speaking so fast
0: yeah did you also videotape it or is it just just audio
1: i did videotape one venue so i really i haven't gone through it yet but i want to go through that and put out a longer set on YouTube, I think. And that,
0: that's going to give you another thing to be sensitive about. You're like, oh, I also don't like how I blinked my eyes there.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: And where did you tour? What did you see on tour? Was there anything cool that went on?
1: Oh, it was super fun. Um, uh, we went all over the place. Like, my album has tracks from um, Cincinnati, Go Bananas, which is a great club. There's a track from Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Comedy on State, which is a great club. I love Madison so much. Um, there's a track from Chicago. Uh, The Lincoln Lodge, Under the Gun Theater. There's a track from Los Angeles, which is my hometown. Um, The Lyric Hyperion. Um, There's a track from Union Hall here in Brooklyn. There's a track in London at the Bill Murray. Um, There might even be a track from New Orleans. Yeah, so we kind of went all over the country, and I just sort of gathered um, tracks and (laughs) picked the best ones. But um, Uh, I don't
0: uh, know. What city did you like the best on tour?
1: Oh, man. I mean, it's so hard to pick. I love, and I've been to a lot of these cities multiple times. Um, I don't know. It's hard now because we haven't toured in months, but I really miss, like, I miss new Orleans a lot. I love new Orleans. Um, that's where my partner is from. And, um,
0: is is that who you typically tour with?
1: Yes. Uh, his name is Sean Patton. He's also a up comedian. Yeah. Um, so I, I tour with him a lot. Sometimes I'll tour on my own or we'll tour together, but perform at separate venues. Um, or take a couple other people with us. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a blast.
0: And so because you're musical comedy, even on stage, do you tend to uh, try to be with just straight can- straight stand-up um, artists on the bill?
1: Not all the time. Um, I also do music that isn't funny. Under the name Candid Bandit, it's more like indie rock stuff. <laughs> I um, and that. I really like touring with other musicians. I like touring with other variety acts. Um, I think... Some variety acts get a really bad rap because uh, a lot of it is bad. Like, musical comedy, is a lot of it is bad. <laughs> and um, I don't know. But I like, I like a, a show that has a ton of variety, whether that's, like, just pure stand-up, but lots of really diverse people with just different points of view or, you know, someone kind of doing magic or, you know, <laughs> with props. Like, but doing it well is, um, I think, a real... A real success and is
0: there you know all else all else being equal like celebrity being equal you know amount of funniness uniqueness whatever all else being equal is there a way you should order musical musical comedy with respect to other you know straight stand-up or magic or whatever like should it go first should it go second like what is the audience reaction if you flip you know mm-hmm. things in order
1: i think about this a lot because i produce well Right now we're on hiatus, but I produce a a show in Bushwick and we always try and have on at least one variety act. And I usually like to either put it in the middle as like sort of, it sort of wakes the audience up because it's different. Uh, Um, So it shakes things up and it changes the energy a bit, but then you have to make sure that the person, sorry, that the person after the musical comedian um, has really high energy. Um, (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: You have to bring the, um, you have you know,
0: to bring the people back down.
1: The amount of times that i performed. And then afterwards, someone gets up on stage and is like, Oh, I have to follow the musical act. Of course. Uh,
0: that's so funny. And then what's your, what's your show in Bushwick?
1: Um, it's called good God. I produce it with Shane Torres, Tom Takar, and Phoebe bottoms. And it's at this venue called the Sultan room, which is super cool. It's a music venue. It's about a 200 seater. Um, and we've, we had a really good run of it. Um, we were doing monthly before quarantine, and we had people like David Cross come do the show, uh, Lana Glazer, Roy Wood Jr., Jeanine Garoppolo. Um, wow.
0: That's how you're, that's how you're uh, filling up a 200-seater on a regular basis. Is it monthly? It,
1: it was monthly. And then when quarantine hit, we started live streaming weekly. And now just got the go ahead to maybe do a show there on July 21st. Wow. So,
0: Opening back up. And are you, are you the person who's going to have to handle all the social distancing stuff?
1: I won't be because the venue has really, really great supportive staff, but we will need to like constantly make sure that that is all up to speed and that everyone's wearing masks and is, you know, further apart. I don't know. It's uh it's tough. I've, we've been doing some more outdoor shows and that feels safer. So we might utilize Sultan rooms roof rather than the venue inside.
0: Are you worried? Like I would think that if you have, you know, if you have a lot of people in the audience just laughing uproariously at your funny bits, like I'd be a little bit worried.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's why masks have to be required and why open spaces are better. Why social distancing is better. I mean, we've talked about this a lot just in general in the comedy community and me and my partner is like, what are the ethics of that because a lot of people like i happen to have a couple um jobs that i do that i'm a designer and illustrator that i really enjoy doing during the day that you know have kept me going during this quarantine but a lot of comedians that worked really hard to be professional and not have day jobs now just have no source of income and then they're offered tours around the country where things are more open and like what are the ethics of that because You know you don't want to be the cause of the spread of this virus but if you don't take that job someone else will so yeah yeah it's, it's uh it's tough so Gosh, i just want yeah you open back up i just want to make sure that like we're taking all possible precautions
0: even taking the the temperature at the door yeah wow show me our id and give me your forehead <laughs> yeah <laughs> And so, yeah, I guess at what point did you kind of think that, um, you know, your candid bandit as indie rock, mm-hmm. um, at what were you always musical comedy or at some point did it kind of split for you where you're like, ah, I'm really thinking, you know, I'm not getting much success with any music or something or people tend to like my musical comedy more? At what point did you make the decision or were you always both?
1: I was always both, although I would say growing up, I, thought myself more as a musician that sometimes wrote funny songs. Okay. And then I started to delve more into the comedy world because it just felt like there was more momentum to like move up more quickly. The music industry just sometimes feels like you're just putting stuff out there and there's no response yeah. to it. Or you do a show and it's just your friends showing up. Whereas comedy, you know, you share bills with people, You there's easier ways to network. You can make more money because it's just you performing. Um, so at some point, I had everything under my name, whether it was just music, music stuff or music, comedy stuff. And then I realized that, like, as I was starting to have bookers reach out to me and producers, that it was confusing to them to go look me up online, trying to book me for a comedy club and seeing me sing some really sad, <laughs> like, <laughs> sad girl rock song. Uh-huh. And vice versa for like a music producer or booker to look me up and see me singing a song about douchebags. Like, (laughs) I just decided I needed to separate the two. So my musical comedy is under my name. My music indie rock stuff is under Candid Bandit. And I think that's how it will stay for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I had Matt Bouchel on and he's a big musical comedy guy and he said that it's so much it's, people are so much more likely to fire up an unknown person if, you know, it's titled something or it's subtitled something, that's hilarious. You know, like a you know, who who doesn't want to fire up Caitlin Cook when she has something called a short term love song mm-hmm. or uh or just mansplaining, or, or or in seventh grade, like they're much more likely to fire that that up than just if they're scrolling through Spotify and there happens to be Candid Bandit on a Spotify playlist. hmm And so that's been your experience. Like you really kind of took off when you got when you started taking the comedy, uh, the musical comedy thing seriously.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, yeah, I've just like gotten more response from a song like Signs of a Douchebag. <laughs> to a song that's called like red hands you know um but dude i can't, dude, I can't wait to fire
0: up fucking uh, signs of the douchebag what you know wet my appetite although you already have can you give me <laughs> any sign of a douchebag do i just yeah. look in the mirror or how do i know i'm not a douchebag
1: this was the first real comedy song that i ever wrote and it's on my album um i think that's the one i recorded at go bananas in cincinnati um, but basically it started from a list that I made for a friend because she was like, why don't I see the signs, Caitlin? I keep dating all the <laughs> So I was like, here's a list. Um, and then I turned it into a song. So like, it's, you know, uh, a guy that tells you he works in finance before he asks what your name is at a bar or, <laughs> um, there were some that didn't make it into the song, but I remember she did it a guy for a while who had a life-size cardboard cutout of himself, and I was like, <sighs> "That's oh, a God. huge red flag." <laughs>
0: Dude, I love that so much. Follow her across social platforms at the Caitlin Cook, and she because Caitlin Cook is the only zinger songwriter out there.
1: Yes, thank
0: Caitlin, you. <laughs> oh yeah, Caitlin Cook. Thank you thank so much. You.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.